This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Uh, you were telling me about a park. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, We were just talking about our relative days, and I met my folks at a huge dog park that's like up in Lombard. So they live in Wisconsin. So it's like 25 minutes for me and an hour for them or so. And so we just had some hiking. It rained. It's the first time I've seen my dad since February. <laughs> wow. Maybe Christmas. Oof, that's not great. Um, but I had a fun reminder that my parents listen to this show. <laughs> I <laughs> regularly forget because they're kind of like interstitial listeners. And my dad was like, yeah, I listened to your podcast the whole way down. I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And of course, like <laughs> the second I say a thing, it's gone from my brain. Like my dad's right, like, oh, do you right. remember that thing you said about this thing? And I was like, no. no. He's like, well, you, you mentioned my grandpa. And I was like, oh, did I? That sounds cool of me. <laughs> I just completely disregard anything i say it's just verbal diarrhea anyway uh, how are you bud so you uh, had a no, one uh, day I will day? Tell my, yeah one day i'll tell my parents what i do um <laughs> i know i didn't have my kids with me all day and i'm still exhausted for no reason oh Whatever. before we get into anything important can we please talk about the real drama on our podcast that your children want to talk to jessica and get some wisdom and you will yeah. not let Here's them what happened my my older daughter will play with the iPad, which has FaceTime on it. So, of course, what is FaceTime? It's a thing that she will just push buttons on. So, she is literally calling every relative we have and you. And It makes me laugh so much. And like, my I- job is to rip that thing away from her before she starts calling, like, like, like interviewees. People. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it genuinely, don't it makes call me this reporter back. It makes me case. so happy. Like the other day, my phone was charging and it started ringing, and I ran across my living room, like, <laughs> "Oh my god, that's Hemet's kids! I need to talk to them." <laughs> yeah, if it's they don't ever get to talk to me. I have really good wisdom to impart, so I think that's too bad. <laughs> It'll happen soon. Uh, <laughs> let's let's start with this crazy story in. Uh, Arizona because it just dominated the beginning of the week and then disappeared because we live in a hellscape where mm-hmm. the news changes every five seconds. Familiar. But here's what happened. On Tuesday, Donald Trump was doing this Students for Trump event in Arizona and it happened to be hosted by a mega church because they were like, oh, this group said oh, they wanted to... Oh, it just so happened to be hosted so by a mega church. Yeah, the mega church said, yeah, some group said they wanted to rent space a while back. We said, yes, we didn't know. They didn't. They said they didn't know Donald Trump would actually be there. They knew the group hosting it. But yeah, that is fair. But then um, they posted a video, uh, I think like Friday or Saturday night. And this is Pastor Luke Barnett. And the CFO of the church, Brendan Zastro of Dream City Church in Phoenix. Ooh. And basically, I'm going to read you part of what they said because they took down this video very quickly after people noticed it. And again, these are the people who run the church that Trump was going to be at in front of 3,000 ish people who were not social distancing or wearing masks. I don't think they actually had 3,000 there, but it, w- it was several hundred at the very least. Okay. Um, here's what they said. 
Um, they were saying, I'm going to paraphrase some of this because it's like a minute and a half video, but they said, we're excited to have all these people here. We're excited Donald Trump is going to be here, whatever. We have installed Clean Air EXP. We've installed these units. We're probably the first church in the nation to install these units. It, and I'm quoting here, it kills 99.9% of COVID within 10 minutes. They said their air filters in the church kills almost all covid particles which um, i'm sure hospitals would like to know about i was gonna say i'm sure science would like to hear about that yeah exactly i i'm sure they were on their way to get a nobel prize or something weird um and then it goes on and it gets weirder because you realize they don't know how this air filter works but they want to explain it to people. So they went on to say, yeah, it's ionization. Is that what it is? I'm going to quote this exactly because here's what the CFO said. Hair dryer has ionization. (laughs) Here's what the CFO said. Ionization. It's (laughs) ionization of the air and it it takes particulates out and COVID cannot live in that environment. Unquote. That is what he said. And so there, these people like 99% of COVID is gone, killed if it was there in the first place. Yay. Except, except, like you said, this thing does not exist. And if you go to the website for the air filter place, uh-huh. what it says um, on their website is, um, I'm trying to get, here's what it says on the website. Where is it? It said something like it eliminates surrogates of coronavirus in the air which is like a different type of thing not covid sure and it's not exactly the particle we're dealing with and also covid spreads like through your saliva if you're standing close to someone the air filter's not gonna get it yeah that's there's many problems with this particular scheme of theirs one of which is yeah like if you and i are standing two feet away from each other, even if like the, the air filters are pumping at a fantastic rate, it's right. not going to catch my breath before it gets to your face. That yeah, would be in fact, a literal vacuum. Right before we started uh, taping this, I think there was just a news alert that someone who was at Trump's Tulsa rally the night before, or was it a couple days, a couple days before uh, a reporter said he tested positive for COVID in that Tulsa arena where like only three people were at or whatever the number was, this thing, I mean, we won't see the results of who got COVID or anything from this mega church yeah. thing, but it's, we'll find out soon enough. By the way, about a day after this video blew up because everyone was like, holy, cr- I saw this on Maddow. Like she played the whole video like, oh my God, these people, what uh-huh. are they, like, what are they doing? The next day, I get an email that was sent to myself and other people who wrote about this story from the CEO of the company or through his people. The CEO says, our patented technology leads to a 99.9% elimination of airborne coronavirus surrogates. We do not, however, eliminate COVID-19 at this time. Basically throwing those pastors under the bus and saying, don't blame my company for your stupidity because you can't read a website. Well, yeah, it sounds to me like it's just a standard air filter because they all say like, yes. oh, we, re- we remove 99.9% of allergens or particulates right. or whatever. Right. Or that whatever. doesn't mean it kills 
diseases what yeah um, i was thinking back to february i think it was oh in march there's a pastor in florida rodney howard brown who was one of those first pastors who's like no my mega church is staying open in uh in florida and then he got arrested because he did it and there was no social distancing. oh i forgot about that yeah um but i remember back in march he said he didn't mention the name of this clean air exp company but he did say Everyone in my church is going to be safe because I have installed, and I'm quoting here, 13 machines that basically kill every virus in the place. And he said the machines neutralize the molecules in split seconds. And he didn't say it, but it's the same language used to describe these air filters. I wonder if he got the same stuff from this company because this company was like, we kill coronavirus. Heaven, how short do you think the journey was between this is a liberal hoax to this piece of technology completely eliminates coronavirus, which we think is very dangerous? <laughs> like, yeah. was there even a single day that they both accepted that coronavirus was a danger? Yeah, and- it's a liberal hoax. It'll kill us. And also, we are going to defeat it with this new technology that hospitals have not adopted yet for some reason. Also, here's the thing I'm sort of obsessed with is this idea of that <laughs> doctors and scientists are all in on this elaborate hoax, but the people who you know, obviously doctors and nurses make money. Like they're, they the have jobs. Of, they have, yeah. The fault of the healthcare system is that it makes a profit. Not that like a doctor wants to be paid for his work, but the fact that they're like, Oh, those D bags are lying. But you know, who's telling the truth. The guy trying to sell me 13, <laughs> $10,000 air filters. Right. That guy knows his shit. Why would he lie to me? What does he have to gain by my $130,000 purchase? Just give it another week or two until we find out how many people inside that place, inside that megachurch, got infected. I know most of them were students and younger people have not been catching it at the same rates, but you can't imagine it's zero. I heard today, I didn't watch it because I respect myself, but I heard today that Pence bragged that people catching COVID currently are in their thirties and forties, which means it's more easily survivable. So Jesus, that does you know, sound like something he would that's say. Fine. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. You want a happy story? Are, no, I, I never want a happy story. I want to yell. You want more. a happy, a real yeah, happy story. Fine. This one is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and don't worry, all the rest of them are depressing, but this <laughs> one is fun. Yeah. That's another real note this week. <laughs> There's a guy in Michigan running for the state house. So like like not a national race in any stretch of the imagination. Very local. It is a very red district. You imagine the Republicans going to win. Mm-hmm. And I think the Republican who represents them right now is running for Congress or something. So like it's a blank slate for anyone who wants to run. Mm-hmm. The guy, one of the people running is a guy named Robert Regan. Whose, whose website is very much a, I'm a conservative Christian and mm, I so love Trump. So his, you know who is not going to vote for this guy? You. His daughter oh. who posted on Twitter, I'll quote this, if you're in Michigan in 18 plus, please, for the love of God, do not vote for my dad for state rep. Tell everyone. I saw that tweet <laughs> but didn't know the context of it. It and has a hundred. 
186,000 likes when and a, a lot of retweets. Incredible. And th- she didn't elaborate. She basically said there was a very short Twitter thread because she did not explain why she didn't want people voting for him. But she did say, like, Google his name. Go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, here's what we can gather. Um, uh, Robert Regan, the dad who's running, spoke with The Hill and what he basically said, I'm going to paraphrase first. He basically said, my daughter's in college. I respect her right to to speak out, even if it's against me. Like, I <laughs> can do that. Free speech. Yay. Um, but basically what he said is she's very liberal. She's in college. I'm very conservative. And that's why she doesn't want you to vote for me, which mm-hmm. is honest. I get that. Here's what he, here's what he actually said, though. Um, His daughter, by the way, goes to the University of Colorado in Boulder, which is something he said. He Mm -hmm. basically said, you know, they just kind of get sucked into this Marxist communist ideology. Um, (laughs) Her big thing, speaking of his daughter, her big thing has to do with the systemic racism that's going on in this country. She's a big believer in that. The only place where I really see systemic racism would be the abortion clinic because they seem to target the African-American community. I don't buy into this whole systemic racism thing at all. Now, imagine if that's your dad and he decides to run for office. I kind of see where the daughter's coming from. Oh, my God. No, I would do the exact same thing. (laughs) Absolutely. I would swear more, but yeah, I would do the exact same thing. (laughs) In charge of you. Bill Saxton is the Democrat... Uh, I think he's unopposed, but he's the Democrat running in the same race. And what he 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 retweeted her and he said, I want to commend this girl, Stephanie, for making the difficult choice to speak out against her dad, one of my opponents and his beliefs. It takes extraordinary courage to make a post like this, which is the safe, fair way, I think, to, to kind of use it against him. That's very um, funny. <laughs> but also, I want to. If you guys listening, if all of you listening have not seen this, two years ago, we saw this play out. We may have talked about it on the podcast. Mm -hmm. There is a congressman named Paul Gosar and his Democratic opponent in the race filmed an ad where you had people saying like, "Um, I would never vote for Paul Gosar. And the caption is like, this is Bob. He's a builder. This is Joan. She's a doctor. And all these people are like, he's horrible. I would never vote for him. I can't. I don't support him. And what did they They're all reveal? All family. They're all his siblings. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was an ad for Paul Gosar's opponent with all these family members of the representatives saying, don't vote for this guy. Yes. And it was a great, it might have been the best 2018 political ad I saw. But it didn't work. It was a deeply red district. Paul Gosar won re-election. He is still horrible. And so my worry is, despite all the attention that Stephanie got with her tweet, I don't know that it's going to work. Robert Regan may be the state rep. There's literally zero out of zero people who decide they want to vote for a Republican and then see a 20-year-old college student's tweet. Yeah. And let that change their mind. Like, right. she is absolutely preaching f- preaching to the choir. And I'm, I wish I could vote for her. Yeah, I'm <laughs> fine with it. Like, I, I feel like she, I, I, if I had to wager a guess, had to just, like, I need to at least put this out there. I need to know that I did the best I could to, like, yeah. 
keep what do you my think their Thanksgiving dinners are like? Well, hopefully COVID's still happening so they don't have to see each other. <laughs> Is that the only yeah. good thing about this disease? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I tell you? I might have told you already, and I'm gonna say it more now that I know my parents listen to this podcast again. Um, <laughs> did I tell you my dad officially registered as a Democrat. Look at you. The last Democrat he voted for was McGovern in the 70s. <laughs> he has been wow. a Republican my entire life, and he what always did hated, it. Um, he hates Trump. Okay. He hates Trump, and also. He's always been in the 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 sort of headspace of the socially liberal, fiscally conservative thing, yeah, which yeah. I have issues with now. I don't think that has necessarily changed in his political views. I just think that he is like over the Republican Party, and like I, I he's one of the people who very much feels abandoned by his party. I get and- very excited when I see a lot of religious people, especially. Mm-hmm. Realize oh, my daughter is not religious. I want to be yeah, but, so clear about that. But, uh, they're realizing that all the things their church told them are values, which, by the way, is the same for white evangelicals. Mm-hmm. Like they all promote these values of let's help the poor, let's help the hungry. That's what we got to do. And they're finally realizing, oh, right, one party does not care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there has been this rise in people on the religious left. You know, I haven't seen that I would really enjoy seeing, and I'm sure it's out there and I just haven't looked hard enough for it, is, you know, you see a lot of times, especially on like Facebook memes or whatever, that like, oh, Jesus was a brown hippie who thought we should yeah. be nice. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Yes. Oh, did that come up? I just really want to see a conservative. And listen, I'm not going to pretend I know the Bible inside and out, but like that was always my understanding of Jesus is he was like a cool hippie who wanted to like feed the poor and fish and wine, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'm really curious how they marry that with their ultra capitalistic views. Can you give me? uh, Oh no, they're just hypocrites. Oh, (laughs) like there's, there's no reconciliation. They mentioned Jesus. They're well aware that their followers don't actually care about whatever he preached. Like Sermon on the Mount doesn't matter. Ten Commandments is in. So they'll preach about abortion, which, you know, Jesus talked a ton about. So much abortion. So much. That guy, did you know Jesus was staunchly Planned Parenthood? It happened in five Corinthians. Ooh, is that the New, <laughs> New Testament? The New That's Testament, the Old Testament. Nothing you just said there is accurate. <laughs> uh, but while we're talking about, it, let's talk about Jesus. We have to, because um, he was in the news this week too. Oh, Jesus here's, was in the news. Jesus was in the news. Here's you what I think. It. Here's what I think started it, because there were a bunch of different strains of Jesus talk this week. But here's what I think started it. There is a Black Lives Matter activist. His his name is Sean King. And I'm not a fan of his because he says a lot of things I agree with. But also there was a huge article in, uh, was it Daily Beast? Yeah, the Daily Beast published this amazing, crazy article saying basically he grifts everybody, takes their money, says he's going to do these lofty, amazing things with it, and then doesn't do it. Um, So I'm not even... I think John King has kind of been shunt from the. Uh, he has been no from one... like the black community because I I listen to a podcast called Fanti. Um, yeah, 
which is very, very good. It's two black queer journalists and they explore like pop culture they love while also delving into why it's problematic. Yeah. And somebody wrote about Sean King. They're like, actually, no, we're not. No, thank you. We're not talking I'm about trying to, it's It's kind of like mentioning Richard Dawkins on some atheist thing where it's like, oh, Jesus, I guess we're starting this shit today, right? <laughs> like, yeah. He's that for them. Um, but anyway, here's what Sean posted that got everyone worked up. Um, he was talking about all the Confederate monuments that have been vandalized or torn down or ordered to come down in the wake of all these protests going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Confederate soldiers, slaveholders, even if they're the founding fathers, um, people like that. So those statues are coming down fast. And what I'm he's so saying, happy about how quickly this has happened. Yeah, I was. I'm shocked. It's been a fight and, we've been having yeah. for years and years and years, and now this month, everyone's like, "Actually, we can <laughs> do this." Yeah, yeah. Like, and I am amazed by the number of people who seem to care way more about white statues uh, than black lives. How are we? I'm not surprised. About history, if we can't read the placards yeah. of 300 year year old slaveholders they had yeah, all the because words all of those confederate statues have a placard that says this person's a traitor they like that's why we built a monument where he looks like a strong man because <laughs> yeah books don't exist you can't learn anyway here's what sean writes he says yes i think the statues of the white european they claim is jesus should also come down they are a form of white supremacy always have been In the Bible, when the family of Jesus wanted to hide and blend in, guess where they went? Egypt, not Denmark. Tear them down. Basically saying, here's what he was getting at. All those pictures of Jesus with the long hair and the like blonde hair, blue eyes, sort of. Mm -hmm. Those white Jesus things. That's a form of white supremacy, suggesting Jesus is white, when realistically, if you want to say he's from the Middle East, Jesus would be this brown dude. What if Jesus looked just like you? He would look just like me is what I tell everybody. And your sculpted abs. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> oh, he could say that on a podcast. <laughs> uh, so he's saying we need to take down the statues. Okay, fine, whatever. Like, first of all, like we said earlier, no one really takes Sean King seriously. Right. But also, there were, res- he added, by the way, that includes stained glass and murals of white Jesus, his European mother and their white friends. Okay, they should all come down. Oh, my God, the number of people who flipped their shit saying I, there was one Fox News. Uh, I'm sorry, a Trump legal advisor who's like, I will not let them destroy Christianity like this. Oh, <laughs> As if a statue of Jesus would coming down would somehow destroy the Is faith. The woman who cried about how we're trying to cancel Christianity or whatever. That would was be her. Jenna Ellis. Oh, yep. Her heart. Um, yeah. Uh, Megan Kelly, remember her? She's also someone who said Jesus was white way back when. And Santa was white, more importantly. Santa was white, yes. But also, how many monuments to Jesus are there? There aren't. Um, Christ the Redeemer in Rio. Right. right. That's that one, one giant cross I drove by in Amarillo, Texas. In not, a, not a sculpture okay. of Jesus, just a giant okay. cross. Fine. Um only white Jesus. Jesus. Uh, there's a house I drive by on my way to the park that has a Jesus statue out front. So that house that's, has to be that's, raised. <laughs> yeah. So that's 
one. So, so it's not even like his whole argument. We got to take down these statues of white Jesus. There are like two in the are world. They, Calm down. Imagine that people are going into churches and tearing down. Is that what they're no, like? Genuinely, is no, that going to happen? I have no idea. But a bunch of conservatives are like, this guy from Black Lives Matter wants to tear down Jesus. First of all, like, I think he's Christian anyway, but also there's a difference between saying, well, Jesus wasn't white and pretending he is suggests there's something about whiteness and being like the Lord and Savior that go hand in hand. And it's like, by the way, uh, I think today or yesterday, the Archbishop of Canterbury in England even said like, yeah, we need to acknowledge as Christians that Jesus was almost certainly not white. Yeah. Which is a simple thing to say. And he's like, when we talk about depictions of Jesus, we need to be careful to make sure, like, it's not like you're going to have a photograph. It's not like you're going to have an accurate depiction. Right. But certainly a white... didn't know Jesus, just because he's <laughs> right. older than us. Like, <laughs> when we point out pictures, it behooves us to make it clear that, you know, this isn't what he looked like. It's just a painting. It's kind of like that picture of evolution where you see those the the little figure turning into a man who's hunching and grows up into a man. Like, that's a horrible explanation of evolution because, like, it suggests man is the pinnacle of evolution. It's not. Mm-hmm. It suggests, like, evolution was created to move in that direction which it wasn't. We're like an accident of evolution. That So anyway, every time I see that picture and scientists talking about it, they're always like, really, this is the picture you're going to use? It's, I know it's popular, but it's not good. And basically they should do that with Jesus. Point, right? It is shorthand. And they should do that with Jesus too. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up because of this flip out. Uh, just, I think it's surprising I, to see how many conservatives are so wed to the idea of a white Jesus that they're they're just unable to cope with this idea that people might not do that. Like, do they not know that in China, Christians often depict Jesus as being <laughs> Chinese? And in, like, what was it, Ethiopia or something? Like, mm-hmm. in Africa, there are pictures of black Jesus, and it's not weird. Like, that, everyone molds Jesus to their culture. Do you it's th- what we do. Do you think it is a problem, the Jesus thing specifically is a problem because he may or may not be an historical figure, right? Like right. There, there's an open There are arguments. Somebody named Joshua walked the earth and became known as Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hardly the expert on this topic, but yeah, no. there are people who are like, maybe he's an amalgamation of many people. Maybe he was a real figure, but not supernatural. Maybe he didn't exist at all, and it's all a myth. Exactly. But do you, but the layer, the, the foundation of it is always, right, if you're a Christian, that he did exist. He was a, a, yes. a historical figure just like George Washington yeah. or somebody with better teeth. Yeah. Um, do you think that is the problem that if people have this picture, because right, the Da Vinci. I Jesus think they think if the statues come down, you are trying to tear down my Jesus. Well, too. no, that's not even what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is like the fact that people are like, oh, well, the Jesus I've seen all my life is white. And I know that Jesus was a real person. So to like somehow quote unquote, change his racial identity is something as opposed to like, Santa Claus, who we all 
comfortably, I guess Megan Kelly doesn't comfortably understand that isn't a real actual person is more of a figure. So if you show a black Santa or an Asian Santa or whatever, it's really not. I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but remember when Pluto wasn't a planet anymore and some people who don't really understand the science behind why it was downgraded. Mm-hmm. Um, some of people were like, no, Pluto's a planet. Why? Cause it's always been a planet for me. It's and- hard to discount momentum. When it yeah, comes to like this. and so even though there's plenty of evidence to say like, well, no, because here's why Pluto isn't a planet. Here's the scientific definition of a planet. And I think Neil deGrasse Tyson once said, I think people just like the Mickey Mouse dog and they don't want to give up the idea that Pluto could be a planet because it's just, they're so we used to ho- liking it. They, they don't want to change their mnemonic. And Jesus, they don't want to get rid of the idea of Jesus being the one in their heads. We as a collective people hate change. Like, look, anytime they try to change Facebook or Twitter, like that. (laughs) You redesigned it, you heathen. How could you? (laughs) Like, it's, we are, we as a people, and I count myself among that very much, are very resistant to change. So when it's something as important to people as Jesus, like I, I understand that they don't want their view of Jesus to change, but it's also wild to me that the cognitive dissonance of like, you know where he's from, but like, you know, he's, you know, where Bethlehem is like, <laughs> he is not white. Yeah. And he probably didn't have a six pack. Can we all just. Go <laughs> <laughs> and also like, okay, let's say there were statues of Jesus everywhere. I, Let me go back to Sean King's original tweet. Like, even if you could tear down statues of Jesus, which is stupid because there aren't a ton of statues of Jesus, I don't think that would accomplish what he's trying to, the point he's trying to make, which is Jesus is depicted as white and that is a form of white supremacy. Like, if you want to change it, what you need are Christians updating their models. If it's Mm -hmm. repainting the murals, if it's showing images that don't depict him in that way, Mm -hmm. that would make that change happen, not tearing down the statues, which I don't think are going to happen. And by the way, if they're on public ground, like if a church has a statue of Jesus, Mm -hmm. don't tear it down. That's their property. Like no one, if they're on public land, they should come down for a different reason. Yeah, none of us are advocated that. My favorite responses to his tweet where people were like, well, good luck. What happens? How would you feel if people tore down statues of Muhammad to which a bunch of Muslims are like, yeah, yeah, nope. let's talk about that. How many nope. statues are, are nope. there exactly? Nope. Um, and this <laughs> no, week. That's so bad. Did people really say that? Yeah, people it's seriously said there. You would never allow this if someone said, let's tear down statues of Muhammad. And Muslims are like, no, go right ahead with that one. In case people aren't getting the punchline here, Muslims don't depict Muhammad. Yeah, period. Not drawing, not a statue, nothing. Um, And there was an article in the right wing Washington Times, I believe, where someone said, well, if they're going to tear down Confederate Times, that name is so tricky. It gets me once in a while. Um. There was a writer who basically said, if you're going to tear down statues of Jesus, we are going to go after statues of Baphomet of the Satanic Temple. To which the 
tell me where that one is because a lot of people on Twitter are like, didn't you, there's there's images of the yeah. Baphomet statue outside the Arkansas State Capitol where they yeah. have the Ten Commandments monument, which permanent. was literal right, which was brought in one day on a truck just mm-hmm. for a demonstration where they're like, this is the statue we want to put next to the monument, and then they drove away. And like all these people are like, we have pictures. That statue is on the Capitol grounds. And the Satanic Temple is like, yeah, go ahead. Tear yeah, come, that at one. Us, bro. come at it. Like the responses are even dumber than the original provocative. They try to like both sides this thing, but there is like the only equivalent thing that would, I think spark outrage in the non-Christian community would be like, well, what if we just tear down your museums? Like that (laughs) to me is the only thing that I would be like, you can't do that. But like, I don't know. I also read something or probably more realistically heard it on a podcast that if human beings disappeared from the earth tomorrow and then aliens visited or anthropologists were exploring and if all they had to go on was like statues and the, you know, the way we, we, you know, anthropology works, there would be very little evidence that there are either women or black people or like people of color (laughs) because every Like, I challenge you to find, like, multiple statues. Like, even just around Chicago, it's just, like, random white dudes all the fuck over the place. There Mm -hmm. aren't that many monuments to children. Oh, children. Women. Did you know they they renamed um, Congress Parkway Parkway to Ida B. Wells Boulevard? Oh, really? I did not hear that. Like, 290 going in the the city? It's going to become a synonym for traffic in, like, a day. My well, favorite yes. comment, my favorite yeah, comment correct. about the statues coming down is why would anyone care if the statues of Jesus come down? They'll be back up in three days. But um, I don't like that joke. It's stupid. <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> you sure, bud? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. That is some wild shit. Do you want to talk about J.K. Rowling? Sure. What you got? Um. So J.K. Rowling has always been and recently is much more explicit about her transphobia, which has been a strong bummer to a lot of us who grew up with Harry Potter or it was something really meaningful in our lives. Um, But I'm sure just like uh, J.K. Rowling always dreamed, um, Senator James Lankford, a Republican from Oklahoma, blocked a Senate consideration of the Equality Act in uh, which is an LGBTQ civil rights bill by citing Harry Potter. I bet she's very proud of herself that a right-wing Republican uh-huh. is like, well, J.K. Rowling said this, therefore no equality, which is the one thing she keeps saying, like, I'm not against equality. I'm uh, asking questions uh, we've or whatever. We've moved on from you, Joe. Yeah, like when, uh, when, the worst, when the worst people are citing you as evidence to back yeah. up their beliefs like you made a mistake admit it (laughs) yeah okay so langford said quote to say in the words of jk rowling this past week where she wrote another quote all i'm asking all i want is for similar empathy similar understanding to be extended to the many millions of women whose sole crime is wanting their concerns to be heard without receiving threats or abuse um he and then he said let's get to work let's work together to get equality this bill does not do this in this form So essentially, J.K. Rowling's whole jam is 
She thinks the existence of trans women somehow erases cis women or something. I think she's really concerned about lesbians accidentally, like, seeing a penis. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, it's at best concern trolling, at worst, just out and out transphobia and and like it's ruining sex differences that are supposedly meaningful and this i'm amazed that when you're a billionaire this is the hill you are choosing to die on if i'm a billionaire i am never signing on to twitter or facebook again like i what what amount of money would get you to be like nope no one needs to hear from me ever again i'm out ten thousand dollars if anyone wants to give me ten thousand (laughs) dollars Patreon goal 10,000. We end everything. <laughs> so everything's over. You don't need to hear from us. Listen, I'm a freelance bro- writer. I'm perpetually broke. I, it doesn't take that much money to buy my silence, Evan. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you want, let's talk about Mississippi. Mississippi. Oh, Mississippi's in the news, so that can be good. Do you yeah. know what Mississippi's flag looks like? I sure do. It has a <laughs> one quarter of it is a Confederate flag. If I that is correct. Flag. One quarter of it is Confederate flag. And so even Walmart is like, we're not going to put that in our stores. Like even in Mississippi, we're not displaying it because we don't want the Confederate flag anywhere. And, and there you go. Yeah. So the question is, what do you do if you're Mississippi? Cause now that there's all this backlash recently against the Confederacy for a good reason, should they change their flag? And they're considering changing it. I am so disappointed because I read your tweet about this and I kind of wish I was hearing it for the first time right now because it's (laughs) extremely funny. Well, they haven't, they haven't made any moves yet. They're just kind of like, again, we're talking Mississippi, everyone in the legislature there, we're talking hardcore conservative Republicans. So you can't imagine they're eager to make any change, much less get rid of this symbol of pride. But um, Attorney General Lynn Fitch said uh, it is time to change the flag. And she said, let's replace the Confederate flag quarter of our flag. Mm -hmm. She said the addition of in God we trust from our state seal is the perfect way to demonstrate to all who we are. And then the lieutenant governor, Delbert Hoseman, said, in my mind, our flag should bear the seal of the great state of Mississippi and state in God we trust. They want to replace racism with religion. That's their brilliant move, because that's a Republican act of progress. It's so bad. Imagine um, they have state symbols they could use. They could use a mockingbird. It's the state bird or yeah. a magnolia or an alligator. Those are all official state Magnolias symbols. Are very pretty. They could. And by the way, 20% of the state, I know it's Mississippi, but 20% of the state is non-Christian. Like if you're trying to come up with a flag that represents everybody, it yeah, would not but, be hard to find something. But new. if you round down 20%, that's basically zero. That is true. You know, um, I just do tell you something that I want you to put in the notes. It is um, Roman Mars doing a Ted talk on flag design. And okay. it sounds nerdy and it is nerdy, <laughs> but it's very good. And it kind of speaks to not only why, her idea is stupid and terrible, but why writing on a flag is the fucking worst. 
I okay. it, I've probably watched it four times. I find it so delight. It's just I literally about the design of various state and local flags, and I think it's so good. I will check and that also, out. Don't worry. They think Chicago. He thinks Chicago flag is dope. Look at I'm wearing a Chicago flag shirt. Oh, look at you! Aren't mm. you patriotic for the um, city? Take it easy. Hey, are you going to watch Hamilton next week? I am excited. I've seen it for reals. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I that's one of the few things that I'm like, yeah, I will I will add that. I'm going to watch that at some point. I'm very excited about it. I feel like it's yeah. going to be of my all like... the Disney Plus fair I've had to sit through over the past few weeks. <laughs> this uh, one's for you, Hammond. This one's for me, damn it. Can I have your Disney Plus password? I don't want to register for Disney Plus. Are they going to yell at me? No. Like, I'm pretty sure like 97 people have my Netflix password because every time I try to watch something, it, it one, tells me I can't. And two, my recommendations make no sense at all. Are you kidding? Have it. Literally, Mikey and I have different profiles for Netflix from each other because he doesn't want true crime shit and like weird reality TV on his. I have different Netflix profiles and yet... All the recommendations are for all the weirdest stuff. Well, we started doing it because my uh, niece and nephew come over. They're ten and thirteen now, but when they're you know when we first moved out here, they were you know eight and eight and eleven, and they would watch one fucking thing on Netflix when they were over here. It would fuck our algorithm for months. <laughs> yeah, I can't even if I type in like letters to get to show like Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Like I like that one. I watched that one. I can't even start typing in like PA because it goes to some other weird show or so. I don't know. Oh, oh, that's so funny. I swear, sometimes when I'm like, no, I need to watch something right now, I will change the password and suddenly I get weird texts from unknown numbers. <laughs> like, you need to change that back right now. How many people have your password? It's 2020. I, I don't know, but Netflix knows. <laughs> it can't possibly be. bucks a month. And I know that's like a lot of money for a lot of people, but come on, you're friends with adults. You're not friends with like am idiots I? like I am. Am I? You have two friends. I don't know who you're giving your network, your Netflix password out to, because I don't have it. <laughs> I'm your only friend. I have no idea. My sister is one, and through my sister, it may be dozens of others. Oh, I'm not sure what the yeah, linkage is. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's <laughs> talk. Okay, here's a story that I can't tell if I'm bothered by this or not. I think I am, but also okay. Here's the story. I'll decide if you're bothered by it. All right. Um, For almost 30 years, a woman named Terry Gonda was a music director at a Catholic church in Michigan. Um, They fired her this week. And the reason they fired her is because the archdiocese of Detroit that oversees her particular church, someone snitched on her and said, did you know she's married to another woman? And the Detroit archdiocese said, what? What? And so they fired her. They said, we are activating our morality clause. Which just get stitches, man. <laughs> since when does the Catholic Church have a morality clause? <laughs> but they fired her. Um, and she actually, like, she had her, fr- she said, by the way, whoever snitched, I don't know if she knows who it is, but she's like, it's not someone from my congregation because everyone inside her church knew she was married to another woman and they didn't care, including the priest who did not care, like, they they love her. 
She's beloved as a music director. They like her as a person. Everyone in her church likes her. So when she got officially fired from the archdiocese, like they even had a reporter on site because she came out with a little paperwork. They said, if you want a severance package from the church, you got to sign this paperwork or whatever. She walked out with that paper and ripped it in front of the crowd. Uh, She's like, no, I'm not trying to get money out of you or whatever. I don't know what she the justification is. But there was a little crowd of people socially distancing and wearing masks, like clapping and cheering her on because they love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, the stories are like, Catholic Church, what are you doing? This is one of your most devoted, beloved people. Why are you doing this to her? And I'm sitting back and I'm just like, this is what they do. Why is anyone surprised by this? We've talked about this at Catholic schools where you have beloved teachers who have worked there forever, but then some parent sees like a Facebook photo of their wedding day um, mm-hmm. and they get outed and they get fired. And the students will protest and the parents will protest and it becomes a local news story. And every time it's like, what did you think they were going to do? This is what the, the Catholic Church makes no secret mm-hmm. about the fact that if you are in a same-sex relationship and you get married, because they have weird rules about sex, like you can maybe be in a same-sex relationship if you're both abstinent, right? But, but if you get married, you're done. They want nothing to do with you if you are in a staff position. Sure. Right. Um, there was one woman who said like uh, one friend of hers, a parishioner at the church, said, this is not the Jesus that I know, speaking of the church's actions. Like, have you met the Catholic Mm, Church? He said the firing was unjust and unchristian. I'm like, maybe unjust and unfair, but like, it is totally Catholic. That's what they do. Um, Again, just to remind you, the catechism of the Catholic Church, their rule book, Mm -hmm. they make it very clear, homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They will not sanction any form of same-sex marriage um a couple other things about this there is a tweet that keeps popping up that makes me laugh every time i see it but i see it whenever republicans are like donald trump did what i can't believe he's <laughs> awful and this tweet from 2015 mind you says i never thought leopards would eat my face sobs woman who voted for the leopards eating people's faces party it's like yep. what did you think was going to happen i mean that, the f- the first time i saw bad. that one used is when a trump voter's husband was deported because he yeah. was undocumented yes. she was like what yeah um, um so the question is do you do you are you surprised for this woman? Do you feel bad for the- I feel bad as a human. I'm sorry she got fired, but also, yeah, that's how it works. I don't know why you would be surprised by it. Do you know him and off the top of your head? Is she herself Catholic or was she yes, just devout? Okay. Devout. By the way, you know what she's doing this Sunday? She's going back to her church, sitting in the front row with her wife so she could pray because she's a good person like who is devoted to these people and the church she belongs to and she loves them. And the Catholic church as a whole does not care for her back. Like part of me is like that Stockholm syndrome. Like just, you don't even have, I'm not asking you to be an atheist, but you, if you left and went to a conservative Christian denomination, go to like a Presbyterian church or I don't know, Go to any of those churches, take everyone from the Catholic Church with you from your congregation. If you all up and move to that, like across the street to some other church, 
that would make a difference. But complaining about the unjustness of what the Catholic Church did will not accomplish anything. And I have heard an argument, which I am sympathetic to, which is she is trying to create change from the inside. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what she said, too. Like, I want to let people know me. And if they know me, they won't think this way. But she's not a like the problem here is not that people within the Catholic Church are not sympathetic to her. Like, I think 61% of Catholics say they support same sex marriage. The problem is not Catholic people, the problem is the institution. And so you're not going to change the institution by being a decent person. You've had 30 years to be a decent person, it didn't help. So like this idea that you're going to change it from the inside, it's like the Republicans who still say, I'm a Republican today. Like, buddy, the party left. Mm-hmm. You yeah. are, with, if at best you are without a party. Stop calling yourself a Republican. You're not doing yourself any favors. Like they left. So stop defending the party. Um. So I have a couple of thoughts on, on what, what, what's this woman's name? Terry Gonda. Terry Terry, um, why? Yeah. So I have a couple thoughts on this. The first is, like you said, at a very human level, because I have a, excuse me, a close friend who was similar. Like she didn't work at the church, but when she married a woman, she was no longer welcome to the church that she grew up in. Her mm-hmm. parents didn't really acknowledge her marriage in any significant way, um, and I saw firsthand you know we're not best friends but I'm, I'm pretty close with her wife and like i saw firsthand the kind of pain that this causes right this this idea of uh, of you need to abide by a certain strict set of rules and if you if who you inherently are doesn't abide by those rules whether you're gay or whether you're the wrong race there is I mean, that, you know, that's kind of what you sign up for when you sign up to be church. That said, I know my friend is still very, like, religion is very important to her. So she and her wife have, we, we went to the Pride, um, the or, the first Aurora Pride parade, um, which was two years ago, I think 2018. The four, uh, the four of us went together, my husband and the two of them and another couple I know, uh, we all went there and in the Aurora Pride. So Aurora is a huge suburb in Western Chicago. And so there's a gajillion churches and every other, like not float, but whatever group in the parade was a church. And my, my friend who is not particularly religious would say a little bit too loud, like, oh, we went to one service at that church. Oh, we went to, like, they were, like, <laughs> copied out churches to find one that, like, both yep. accepted them as a lesbian couple and also kind of, like, jived with them. So that's the first thing is, like, on a human level, this has to be heartbreaking. She has been forced out of her job and her community and something she's dedicated her life to. And that is sad and scary, um, and, and my, my whole heart is so sympathetic for her. Um, but I'm, I, I told you, I think a couple weeks ago that I, I just started reading a book called, um, so you want to talk about race, mm-hmm. um, which is, I've read the first, I'm doing it with a group for the first three chapters. It's like fucking incredible so far. But one of the things that the author, uh, uh I think her name is a something, um, she talks about 
there's two ways to talk about racism, right? There is hearts and minds and there's systemic. So I understand that the, this woman, Terry, wanted to do exactly what a lot of queer people want to do and what a lot of what a lot of people of color want to do is like, hey, I just want to exist in this space so you can – I think a lot of atheists have this. I have this a lot of like, I just want to exist in this space. I want you to know I'm an atheist and I want you to know that I'm just like a regular human person. I'm not inherently amoral. I'm I'm just a person. And and maybe you shouldn't judge all people by their religion, their color, their 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 gender identity or whatever. But if I can make two people less prejudiced, that's not really going to help the systemic problem that we're dealing with. So in in racism, it it's the the school to prison funnel that they're having. It's the fact that like young black kids are disciplined at a higher rate and suspended at a higher rate. And this all is part of this one thing. And I get that she wanted to change hearts and minds within her church. And you know what? I'm sure she did. I'm sure there are people either who said, Oh my God, I never thought of this. I didn't like I've had, I genuinely had had friends who who thought, Oh, I thought atheists were all monsters, but you seem to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely think that either people changed their mind about the queer community or just met Terry, who sounds like a lovely musician lady who, that, which I think is awesome and was like, Oh, she's one of the good ones. But the problem is no matter you don't have what, to do she's that still, the church. but she's still operating within this system that thrives on repressing the others. And the others in this case are usually queer people. Well, again, um, this whole church, as she has said, the whole church is affirming. They love her. They don't care. Um, not only do they not care, they support her. But by supporting the church, they are supporting the institution that oppresses them. Like, yes, said, absolutely. That is my issue with her. Like, what your response, I mean, one, you shouldn't be surprised, but two, by going back, you are only making the problem worse. Yes. Because the people you want to change hearts and minds of, they're already changed because she's known them forever. Like, you're not doing additional benefits here at this point. They already know everything about you. You're fine. I mean, yeah, I think there is a definitely a value. Uh, I mean, the fact that we all live kind of siloed lives. We tend to be surrounded by people of similar race, similar socioeconomic status, all that. Um, but but I understand what she's trying to do. And you hear about this. Oh, the, the LDS uh, church is really big on, on that of like, oh, I'm a Mormon, but also I'm trying to change things from within. And it's just, it, it's hard to chip at a huge fucking boulder when all you have is like a little toothbrush. It's, like you can't I, take- If the Catholic this- church is going to change on this issue, it's not going to be because I think because people like her stay in the church, it's yeah. going to be because enough people threaten to leave. Right. So if they want to make a difference, don't write a petition saying reinstate her, give her her job back. Just stop giving them money. Don't give them your time. Don't give them your, don't call yourself a Catholic as if right. it's something to be proud of. Once you take that away, like let the church suffer. Don't like, don't let no. you suffer. Right. And what it kind of makes me think of is having a job at like a small independent shop or restaurant or something versus working for a giant corporation mm-hmm. of like, you know, if you work at a little company and they say, whatever, no tattoos or something like that. And you come in and you're like, 
I have these tattoos, but I have all these other things. They might make a one-off change and being like, oh, I guess all people with tattoos aren't monsters. But if you go to work at Walgreens or whatever, and they have a no tattoo policy, it's not about your coworker and it's not about your boss and it's not about your district manager and it's not about your regional manager. It's about like rules. all the way up the chain. And the Catholic church is absolutely no different. The Catholic church is essentially a Walmart. Yes. Of like these rules come down from on high. And in their I can't case, decide high, which one is more yeah. moral, less moral. <laughs> And like there on high is, well, the Pope talked to God and was like, no, fuck tattoos. So I guess this is where we're landing. Like you can't make, you can't, you can change the hearts and minds of people in your immediate vicinity. And I bet that will do a lot of good for your immediate community, but you are not going to change the Catholic church. If they, if the sex scandal didn't change the Catholic church, if the fact that they're, priests were raping children and they were still like it's fine they're still going to church every sunday if that didn't change the, the hearts and minds of the upper people in catholicism you being a really nice lesbian is not going to do it yeah let's talk about florida again because we haven't done that enough <laughs> um okay this has been mocked so much online for good reason. But there was a city council meeting in Palm Beach County. Oh, this um, is so good. Yeah. Basically, they passed an ordinance this week on Tuesday requiring face masks in public spaces, as anyone should do and should have done like months ago. Yeah. But they did it on... It's June. Are you living in March? (laughs) Yeah. So they finally did that. But during the meeting where the commissioners voted, I believe unanimously for that mask wearing policy, there were a whole bunch of anti-maskers during the public comment section basically screaming at the commissioners against the decision. And there's two in particular. There were a whole bunch of people saying insane stuff. One lady said you shouldn't force us to wear masks because she accused the officials of trying to throw God's wonderful breathing system out the door. Good. You know what else blocks God's wonderful breathing system? COVID. You uh, I was going to say ventilators. <laughs> um, you've seen those spliced in with the Parks and Rec town hall meetings, right? I have seen those, like, yeah, those videos where people put it's them together. Literally, yeah, like literally, one of the examples is like, I found a sandwich in one of your parks. It didn't have mayonnaise on it. Who do I talk to about that? <laughs> like, it is. I think we are kind of having a group reckoning of how dumb people are. And I always know people are dumb. I've had a superior superiority complex complex for years. Don't get it twisted. Like I've always thought I was slightly (laughs) better than most people. (laughs) I'm kidding. I hope everyone knows that. Um, I feel crippling self-doubt, but um, it's wild how dumb, Dumb and loud people are. Yeah, it's the, the other the dumbness. It's the one-two punch. It's the wrong people are confident about everything. The That's other exactly right. Yeah. It's the wrong the, people are confident. And all the smart people have all the self doubts. Um, the other lady who spoke that got a lot of airplay. Uh, I don't have the exact transcript, but here's what she said. She said the masks are killing people. They are not. 
that citizens' arrests are already underway. What, what did that mean? I, mm, that commissioners are obeying the devil's laws. Sure. That they will be punished by God. That five, the 5G, unquote, are coming after the people. The 5G? The, yeah. That the network? Like, yes. That the commissioner should be in a psych ward. That Bill Wait. Gates should be in jail. That Hillary Clinton should be in jail. And something about pedophiles, I'm not quite sure what it was. You moved so fast and I have thoughts on all of those things. Did they personify 5G? Nope. The 5G. But so they perso- they they think the 5G is going to get them as if it's like a mob? You heard me. The 5G. The That's 5G. pretty good. My, I did not see the other day that my phone flipped on 5G and I was like, oh, yeah. uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, they get me. <laughs> uh, the, the scariest comment I heard in response to that particular person is that if anyone dabbles in like QAnon, right-wing conspiracy theory forum thread types of things, uh-huh. everything she said is like level one in like, this is normal for that bubble. Oh, yeah, people. that's like entry level shit. Yeah. And like, this isn't weird if you're steeped into the way they talk in like Trump circles about everything. That's normal talk. And like the fact that there were many people like her and she seemed not like a lone wolf. There are so many people out there. She was representing. Yeah. These are not. Oh God. These are whole pockets of idiots. Thankfully, again, the commissioners voted in favor of the ban, despite the crazy talk, but holy crap. Live amongst us. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I'll give you a happy story. I'm almost done in my list here, but this is a happy kind of story. So today, is the fifth anniversary of the Obergefell ruling that legalized marriage equality across the country. Yes. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, Rob Boston, a guy who works at Americans United for Separation of Church and State, one of the things he noted today is he said, if you go back five years, give or take a few days, and you look at what conservative Christians were saying about that ruling when it happened, before it happened, certainly after it happened, they were very much like, oh, my God, the sky is going to fall. Uh, one example is uh, like you had Christian leaders saying churches will have pastors will be forced to perform marriage ceremonies for same sex couples. Mm. That has happened At a grand point. total. Yeah, that has happened That's a grand total of never. My job is I have to go to churches and hold <laughs> a gun to priests so they conduct same sex exactly. marriage. It's a very rewarding work. They said, "Remember the slippery slope. If you allow gay marriage, like uh, bestiality, will be legal within minutes." I'm legally married to my dog, Daddy. Yes, um, no, it's what a big else? marriage and bestiality. So double they- whammy. They also said, like, whatever, you're gonna they're gonna lock up Christians. But basically, all those scare tactics, all those things never came true, is the point he was making. Wait, and I you mean just, when gay marriage was legalized, people didn't start like fucking their donkeys? I cannot it did not believe happen. it. I haven't gotten the donkey yet. Um, and I just want people to realize like all the same types of Christians are saying all the same types of things about a potential Joe Biden presidency, saying like, uh, they say the same thing about transgender rights. They say the same thing about every culture war issue. They said the same shit about interracial marriage back in the 60s. Like, it's, it's, 
they their whole the persecution same... thing has mm-hmm. been going on forever, and they constantly think any movement in the left's direction will mean whatever the well, end of Haven't they made the same arguments for a fucking century, whether that's about women's suffrage, whether it's about civil rights, whether it's about gay marriage, it is any perceived loss of power is the worst thing they can imagine. So like, like at what point do we realize they are crying wolf? Like none, like I know we know you and I personally know, but as we've established, a lot of people are extremely dumb. It seems like a lot of younger people, I don't have a percentage on me, but it sounds like a lot of young people of voting age do not love Trump as much as they did in 2016, which means they get it. Um, I hope it sinks in for them. The scariest thing I saw this week during the primaries on Tuesday where a couple of really progressive candidates appeared to be on the verge of winning or won. Uh, There was one guy, I can't remember the state, but basically it's a Republican district and it was Mark Meadows district. He's the chief of staff now for Trump. But uh, it was a 24 year old who won the Republican primary. He'll be 25 by November. So he's legally allowed to run. Uh Um, But he won the Republican primary and he's very much a Trump cultist in any way you want to slice and dice that. Where he's basically like, yep, I listened to Breitbart and that's his pipeline for information. Um, But he seems to like, yeah, he might be in Congress soon. He's kind of the anomaly for young people as a whole. Like there's a lot more young people who think like AOC than people like him, which hopefully is the move. Um, That's all I got. I'm done. I'm tired. But... Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to, oh, my friend just emailed me a video. Is it Bill Hader or Will Forte? Cause she's having a crisis of conscience and can't tell those two people apart. So I have some important White things to address. people all look alike. Yes. Listen, we do have, <laughs> um, Mikey and I, so for our bonus show for this show, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can listen to, for like three bucks a month, you can listen to, uh, probably a dozen podcasts my husband and I have recorded cause we keep. We're, as this quarantine goes on, we keep recording, watching movies about people being trapped together and then talking about and then recording podcasts about it. And we were just we were watching the remake of House on Haunted Hill, I think. Uh-huh. And it was just a gaggle of white people. And we realized that like Diversity in casting isn't just important because, like, if you can see it, you can be it. Representation is important. But it's also much easier to remember different characters. There's five blonde women. (laughs) I am telling you right fucking now. I cannot tell them apart. Like, thankfully, this was, like, actresses we recognize. But they were identical. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're talking about it. We kept mixing them up because it's just these identical, beautiful blonde women. And, like... If nothing else, for economy of character, it's going to be easier for your for your watchers who are idiots like myself to not get your white dudes and white ladies mixed up. Diversity and casting, it helps everybody. <laughs> anyway, you can go to patreon.com slash friendly at these podcasts if you want to listen to that very good and very sober conversation that Mikey and I had about House yeah. on Haunted Hill. <laughs> we are going to watch a like Kirk Cameron movie soon. We owe yeah. everyone that. It's on your, it's, it's in your court, but I have nothing going on. I'll make and my have, kids watch it. It'll be great. 
Oh, don't learn so much. Oh my God. Can they record the bonus podcast with us? I will tell you, my my four-year-old discovered how to film videos on the iPad, and now she talks of to herself. the iPad. She, yeah. She'll turn on the video camera and start talking to it like it's a diary <laughs> and saves it. And it's hilarious because we all see what she's recording. Oh, my. Okay. My mom, when I was little, used to make fun of me because if I was like anywhere where there's a mirror, I would just stare at myself. (laughs) I'm not particularly vain. I'm a very regular looking person, but I would just like stare at my own fucking face. And I'm glad it's not just me. I'm glad all young people are just inherently narcissistic. Yes. Uh, It is amusing anything to i did like we had a big fucking video camera and my friends and i used to record like bits in our basement thank god we didn't have access to the internet i would be unhirable (laughs) yeah i i have them all preserved for life now (laughs) at her wedding does you like yeah totally (laughs) oh these poor children all right i'm Um, out where do we find uh, you uh, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, and if you are if you want to hear more from me and if you're bored and want to watch a new show, my husband and I are just about to wrap up the first season of Cooper Duper, our, our podcast about Twin Peaks. It's been so much fun to just like sit and have interesting conversations about like art and film and character development with my husband in this like weird context of the pandemic and this weird podcast. But anyway, if that's something you're interested in, um, it's Cooper Duper podcast. You can find that on iTunes. Uh, Hammett, where can we find you, bud? I am at Hammett Meta on the Twitter, uh, friendlyatheist.com for the articles. Go. Yeah. Oh, you can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Um, oh, also, I'm doing my vamp. I'm going to find a review because oh. you can leave us five star reviews at. Hemet, you have to vamp. You have to fill. Yes. Uh, leave us the reviews. They help people discover the show, and that's always fun. Oh, should I read the good five-star one or the mean five? I'm going to read the mean five-star one. Ooh. Um, it is called Shh, Jessica by Robots with Dreams. Don't get me wrong. I love them both, but Jessica interrupts way too much. Sometimes I can't finish the podcast because I get so irritated with the consistent interruptions. Saying this, I still love her enthusiasm, and it would be fun to share a <laughs> bottle of wine with her. Cheers to you both. Two exclamation points. Five stars. Oh, fuck you. I don't know. Like, what else am I supposed to say? It, Gave you, five stars. We don't have to say anything. Yeah, no, that's How a fair works. point. I just, I don't know, man. A, it's a fucking podcast. It's not NPR. B, we're doing this remotely. It's really hard not to step on each other because this shit is impossible. C, fuck all the way off. You you don't want to listen to me talk, but you want to hang out with me? What the fuck is wrong with you? What per- Do you think I want to hang out with you when your title was Shh, Jessica? You sound like my fucking mom. That's what she says to me all the time. I just, I'm so impressed by how people are like hey Jess I don't like you or what you said or what you sound like or how loud you are but I bet you'd be fun to get a drink with guess what I'm a fucking blast to get a drink with you will never find out I will never drink with you robots with dreams (laughs) also you can give to Patreon (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you like what you're listening
Yeah. <laughs> to Patreon. Whatever. It's right, fine. The world's on fire. All right. I'll talk to you next week, bud. <laughs> Bye. Bye.